This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. 112, he starts out with praise the Lord. That's the way he started the last song out. He says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And we talked about that yesterday. We talked about the idea of having a fear of the Lord, meaning meaning that you have a a healthy understanding of who you are and, and who God is. And that goes back to that principle that God's sovereign, he's in control, and we are nothing. You say, Priest, why why'd you bring up, why did you say that? Why were those the first two principles? Those two principles are fundamental in the understanding of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the fundamental idea and understanding that God is everything, I'm nothing. In order for God to be everything, he's got to be sovereign. For, uh, what makes me nothing is my sinful nature, is, for my, is my sin, my separation from him, that which has caused me to be not him. That's what makes me, that's what makes me who I am. And you're not going to have the fear of the Lord. You're never going to have wisdom. That's what the the Psalm 111 says. uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're never going to really understand. Wisdom is how the universe operates, both in the physical and the spiritual together. That's what wisdom is. It's It's a fundamental understanding of how everything was made and from the perspective of the maker who is God. And so wisdom is the fundamental understanding of how things are and how th- that understanding comes from God. That understanding only comes from God. And you can't have that understanding. You'll never, you'll never achieve to really any good understanding of who God is. You'll never have wisdom, as James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. You'll never have the fundamental understanding of how things are and how things are made and how things operate. You'll never have that understanding ever. You'll never have that understanding unless you come to the under the fundamental ideas that God's over everything and I am nothing except for him. Can't get there. Can't get there any other way. And so he says, blessed is the man who actually has that understanding, who fears God. Blessed is the man who fear God, who delights greatly in his commandments, his precepts, his character, the commandments of God, what God has to say to tell us what is right and wrong is a revelation of his character and nature. And he says, he, the man who's blessed is the man who delights in God's character and not his own, who wants to have God's nature and not his own, who wants to walk according to God's ways and not his own. He says, that, notice, if you do this, there is a future. Oftentimes, last night, we worried about the future of our country. Every newscast starts off about the future of our country. But he says, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. What is he saying? The person who fears God, who comes to a correct understanding of who God is and who they aren't, and then allows God to give them his understandings through, through wisdom, okay, that leads to his descendants or his children and his grandchildren and great-grandchildren to walk in that wisdom also. 
It, it, he says, he says, his descendants will be mighty, meaning mighty in what way? To know how things actually are. Knowledge is power, they say. But the truth is to know how things are and to walk with God is power. It's might. And so you say, how can we overcome this? It seems like the world is winning. All right, the world is winning in your life, but those who walk with God, their descendants will walk in mighty power. So that's not true. It's not, it's, it's not ever been true. And things that happen in, in, that have happened in our country that have not been good and have been, have been bad, the things that have happened in our country, people of wisdom stepped to the plate, made the changes, and their descendants were mighty in power. That's just a fact. You, you don't realize it, but, but, the, but we fought the Civil War in the 1860s, okay? And that was to, to some wrongs and to fix certain situations, okay? 80 years later, 60 years later and 80 years later, which would have been two and three generations later, okay, we saved the world from Marxist tyranny. We saved the world in World War II and World War I. Notice their descendants, because they walked in wisdom, their descendants were mighty. Their descendants were mighty. Walking in wisdom, which is the fundamental understanding of how the universe is made, both spiritually and physically, the fundamental understanding of how the universe is made, both spiritually and physically, from the perspective of the Creator, who is God, is wisdom. And if you walk in it, your descendants will be mighty. And that is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. Our forefathers came to the United States to seek wisdom, to live in a place where they could seek wisdom. And within a few generations, their children defeated the greatest army in the world, the British Army. Well outnumbered, well outarmed, but defeated them because they were mighty. And their, and their ideas are mighty, and their ideas are continual, and their ideas have fundamentally set the course of this country. And those ideas have fixed a lot of things that were wrong with the people of the country because they fundamentally sought after God and the way he does things and the way things actually are. And so he says, and re, he says, the generations of the upright will be blessed. Not only will they, they be mighty in the earth, they're going to be blessed. He says, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Obviously, faith, any action of faith endures forever. I don't know if you know that or not. Any step you take in faith, God puts in the Lamb's book of life, and it is forever. It's forever. So the actions of faith and the words of faith and the things we do in faith, they, they continue on forever and ever and ever. They don't, they don't end. They don't slow down. They continue on. Do you realize when you hear God, and you act upon that carries it's it's called the butterfly effect, and and the butterfly effect is you, you a butterfly flaps its wings, and that causes something here, and it causes something there, and before you know it, you got a hurricane, okay? Or for or before you know it, you got pouring down on, on a, a dry and barren land, and and bringing forth uh, uh, crops and life. It's called the butterfly. The truth is that idea comes from the idea that one act of faith by one person can change the world. One act of faith, one, one hearing God acting upon that changes the whole world. I, I, Jesus heard his father's will was to crush him, Isaiah says. Father's will was to place upon him the sin of the world. And Jesus received it and walked in it 
And now the world is totally changed because of it. All right? You say, well, that's God. That's true. And we're probably not going to do it as well as he did. That's, we're not. That's true. But the simple acts of faith each day done by God's people have great effect. And the reason they have great effect is because God has to be proven to be true. He's going to prove himself to be true. And his truth is that in creating the universe, he created us to be his representation in it. And he created us to prove that he could take that which was totally marred and messed up and not only make good things from it. (coughs) Notice I coughed away from the camera again. Notice he said, He makes good things from it, but he also, in the midst of all that, changes the world with us, through us. A broken tool he makes into a perfect implement for his will and his way. That's how the world has changed. Now, that's true wisdom. That's what real wisdom is. That's how the world has changed. And teaching our people to walk in it, teaching yourself to walk in it, allowing God to have his full will and his way in it is important. It it changes lives. He says, wealth and riches be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Remember, righteousness comes from faith. Righteousness comes from faith. We have a new righteousness, a righteousness not born of works, but born of faith, all right? Unto the upright, there's a, there arises light in the darkness. Notice, if you walk in righteousness, what do you do? What do you do? If you walk in righteousness, what? You're light in the darkness. You're light in the darkness. He says, his gracious, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Notice, he's, he's, he's somebody of compassion. And, that We're somebody of compassion and faith. If you walk in his wisdom, if you fear him, if you allow him to change. He says, a good man deals graciously and lends. Notice, a good man, What? <clears throat> now, he's a giver. He's a giver. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's how I, I make sure that as far as my family is concerned, we regularly give an amount of money to the body of Christ that we're in, that we're involved in. And that way, my treasure is where my heart is. I also make we also make sure that we give to people in need in certain situations, and uh, that we're regulated about that. Why? Because my heart needs to be, and my mind needs to be on those who are lesser and struggling, and those who uh, they're not lesser in nature, but they're lesser in position in life. And everybody's got a greater and a lesser. That's just the way life goes. If you're in the sixth grade and somebody's in the fifth grade, you're in a greater position than they are. I know you go, that's not right. It is right. It's just the way it is, the way life is. And you get born and you're in the you're in the lowest position. You have not you you gotta be taken care of by everybody. And you grow old and eventually you gotta be taken care of by everybody. It's just the way life is. And there are going to be people in your life that are going to be lesser in their position than you are. Why has God given us those people? So that we can love them and give them hope and life so we can be generous to them because we are lesser than God and he's generous to us. If you want to have that kind of heart, if you want to walk in that kind of way, if that's who you want to be, because that's who God is, God is, he regarded us in our sinfulness and death. He regarded, he remembered us. You got to be willing to give to others. You got to be willing to give to others who are in need. Give to others when I'm not enabling their problems, but when I'm helping them with their future. That's what giving is all about. And that's what 
That's what he says here. A good man, he deals graciously and he lends. He gives he gives away. He says he will guide his affairs with discretion. I could do a whole Bible study on discretion. Discretion is so important. Not everybody, I tell people say, the two professions that I'm in, both practicing law and being a pastor, they require me not to tell everything. And you know what? There's lots of things that I know, lots and lots of things that I know and one other person knows, and that's the person who told me. And they told me so that I could help them. And I know that, but so that I'd be in a position to help them. And having discretion, being a person of discretion, not blurting out everything, not saying everything that you it, that's on your heart and mind is a important principle. And it makes you somebody that can be trusted in, the, in time of need. He says, Sure, surely he'll never be shaken. Why? Because you're acting as God acts. And when you act as God acts, you walk in his power and his grace. And that's what the very first verse talks about. He says, a good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he'll never be shaken. The righteous, righteousness by faith, will be in everlasting remembrance. Notice, God says, if you walk in his will and his way, you walk by faith and righteousness. You're not forgotten. You're remembered. Notice, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. When evil comes his way, he has no fear. Why doesn't he have any fear? He has no fear because he understands God's in control. I'm nothing. God's handling this. I'm walking in righteousness and faith. However it works out, however it works out. That's a good message. That's a good word. That's a great life works out as it's going to work out according to God's sovereign will. I walk in that sovereign will. I receive his goodness and his best in the midst of it. And there's hope in that. And there's purpose in that. And so he says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. That that means the word trust, tr- faith, hope, trust, belief, those ideas are the ideas of faith. That's what that means. He's, notice, I love translating trust. His heart trusts in the Lord. His heart faiths the Lord. His heart believes in the Lord. His heart places his hope in the Lord. When bad tidings come, his faith in the Lord. Over the last 24 hours, we can easily place uh, verse 7 in our hearts and live by it, and it it, it totally changes your outlook, totally changes your life. I'm not afraid of evil tidings because my heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. He says, his heart is established. He will not be afraid. Notice, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's only faith. Fear and faith cannot live together in the same heart. You either let faith win or you let fear win. He says his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Notice, God's going to give us the desires of our heart. He's going to take care of it. He really is. He has dispersed abroad and has given to the poor. Notice, it's a generous heart. It's a generous heart. Somebody is trusting in the Lord when they have a heart of generosity toward others. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He says it again. It, your faith endures forever. Your faith endures forever. The works of faith that you do endure forever. He says his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. And the word for horn, I always think power. Horn, power, horn, power. Okay, so his power will be exalted with honor because your power comes from your faith. Your power comes from your faith. 
So when fear is taken over, faith is absent. Your power comes from your faith. He says, the wicked will see it and be grieved. And they are. They're grieved when people walk by faith. They really are. They don't like it. He says, he will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Well, if you want some good hope today, read verse 9 and 10 again. He is dispersed abroad, meaning that the person of righteousness and, and faith, he gives abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His power will be exalted with honor, but the wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. That's a good word today, isn't it? It's a great word today. Let me tell you something. It's a word of hope for us today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.